Welcome to the Geek Sweat Podcast. We, we watch, watch films to save you hassle. It's another podcast with a filmmaking twist just for you. I am TJ and we will be bringing you hot topics in the film industry, inspiration interviews with IMDb listed filmmakers, review sweat on online series as a stream, trailer talk on upcoming feature films and cult TV perspectives on classic shows worth revisiting. You are now welcome and listening to the Geek Sweat podcast. Geek Sweat is available on 14 different podcast platforms. I'll tell you the ones beginning with A. There's Acast, Anchor and Apple Podcasts. You can look for the other ones yourself. Anyway, we are here recording live and direct from a bank that's in the middle of being robbed somewhere in East London. And I'm being joined by my co-hosts, MKH. Uh, Thank you for having me. Jamie. Hello, hello. And we are also being amicably sound recorded in the background by none other than Neo Geo Giovanni. So uh, this is our next episode, number 59, and we are about to do another review sweat, but Malachi is going to take it away. What are we doing, MKH? Wow, you used like all my all my names in yeah. one sentence. All just, your government names. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just just putting me out there. Because you, know, you know what it is. I'm I'm on the uh, I'm on your using your PayPal account and I'm trying to log in. <laughs> to yeah, your hackers, details. please please don't try and find me. I'm quite easy to find. There's nothing there to take, really. Yeah, no, exactly. definitely not. I'm a poor artist. Okay, so yeah, thank you for that lovely introduction. Um, TJ or Trevor? What am I using? Both of them. Either. Okay. Um, yeah, just throw it all out there. Um, when. When TJ invited me to review uh, the murdering of a woman, I thought it was quite misogynistic. But once he told me it was Killing Eve, I I, I breathed a, a large. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was the other text message. Yeah, exactly. from the Weekend before. Yeah, exactly. A large uh, a sigh of relief. Uh, so here we are, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between. We are reviewing Killing Eve season one. Now, if you have not heard of Killing Eve, you must live under a rock inside a massive bunker um not looking at anyone here hey, <laughs> hey. no no but um you gave valid reasons um why you haven't watched it which i won't put out into the uh, atmosphere no, but should we? <laughs> everyone yeah. else is spoiling it anyway I mean, exactly ja- is, jamie could be one of these undercover spies who's just got this transnational identity and she's just how many languages do you speak two yeah. Ah, that's even that's more than me. So you could be a spy. I think the key question is how many weapons can you make out of the items in this room? Oh, all of them. See, <laughs> she can make all of the weapons <laughs> yeah. from everything inside I could this kill room. Kill you with a book <laughs> if I wanted to. She's gonna yeah, turn my base. Have you seen John Wick? He can kill you with a book. I can kill you with a book. He can kill you with a book. I can kill you with a book. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so um, for those of you that don't know what Killing Eve is. Um, it is a spy thriller television series which first um, was broadcast on and in BBC America. Um, the reason it was over there was because the um, the, the showrunner of the first series was uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, yeah, which who was the creator and writer of Fleabag. She tried to pitch it to. Um, BBC over here, okay. but they just weren't convinced about it. But I have a theory. If they saw the impact of Fleabag yeah. beforehand, they 
BBC UK would have gave her the contract, I think. But they but didn't she, trust her. Yeah, they didn't trust her. They pitch, She pitched it at the same time she was just mm. filming Fleabag. So she didn't have enough credit in the bank. Yeah, yeah, and yeah then, but that's understandable. Yeah, no, I understand yeah. that, but she... And then six months yeah. later, one of the interns say, but she was in Solo, the, t- the Star Wars film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also that lovely show on Channel 4 called... Um, ah, I'll find it. I, it escapes me. Um, Crashing. Yeah, that's Crashing. what it was. Yeah, yeah. Crashing. Well um, so with those two credits to her name, she didn't have enough uh, moolah in the bank to justify... Um, bringing a book to life. Not even the fact that she'd already done something on stage as a concept for Edinburgh Fringe Festival and they turned it into a successful series. That no, because no, it was at the same time. Okay, that yeah, was still so, yeah, it was, yeah, it was still to come, but it was at the same time. Okay. Um, so Killing Eve is based on a book by Luke Jennings, which is quite interesting because it's a man... Um, Who wrote Brit- a book that wrote the book who's bringing us quite four-dimensional female characters, leads that don't actually need a male to come in and swoop in and save them. So I thought that's quite interesting. Did you know Luke Jennings trained as a dancer at the Rambert School and he studied Indian languages? So, and he also produced and directed a documentary for Channel 4, so... Which has nothing to do with Killing Eve, so I don't know. So that, that, he's, got a, he's got an unusual background, I'd no, say. No, but that, that, that makes me think even more now that he's stolen all of this um, this writing from a woman. But really? He probably His killed travels. her <laughs> <laughs> and put her in the dirt. But we, we will never know. Yeah. And obviously, for anyone out there thinking that's... that's but he, a, he's a new age Ian Fleming, isn't he? Because this, this is like a spy thriller mm. that's set internationally. Yes. Okay. Um Definitely, but I, I think it's it's more for the 21st century mm. as opposed to people trying to... Ugh. Well, I'm just trying to connect it because Phoebe Waller-Bridge is kind of on the writing team for the new Bond. Which now. makes sense. Or Bond 25, yes, is. it's called. Yeah, is, it, yes. which, which makes absolute sense given the the, the time that we, we live in. Um, or the time that James Bond is living in now, I mm, suppose. Well, yeah. I, I think they should just scrap all the source material because it, it's just not applicable to today. But we're not here to review Bond. Uh, yeah. We're here to review uh, Killing Eve. So Killing Eve mm. takes place over eight episodes mm. at series one, which is eight fantastic episodes. Yeah. I, I, by myself, have, have watched this series at least four different times. Did that throw you it being eight episodes instead of ten? No, because I, I think it was a happy medium. Yeah. Because I know in America they would have preferred ten, and in the UK we like six episodes. So yeah. she she hit the sweet spot middle yeah. of mm. eight. Mm. Um. So I didn't really mind that, and I think the 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 story arc of all the characters in it yeah. is 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 beautifully told. So um, it, Killing Eve stars um well it's, it's Sandra O oh and what's this, um Jodie Comer. Yeah, yeah, Jodie Comer. Yeah. Is that how, I say, how am I pronouncing her name correctly? I mean, I'm a Liverpool fan and Jodie Comer... What does Comer, that mean? No, because Jodie Comer is from Merseyside, <laughs> yeah. but she's an Everton fan. So if anyone should know how to pronounce her name, it should be me. But because so you, you support... Comer. No, but because you support two different teams... Jodie Comer. No, but... Jodie Comer. Because you support two different teams, Jody you Comer. would try and say her name uh, wrong on purpose, maybe. No, no. I mean, I've got a lot of love for Everton when they're giving Liverpool three points. But yeah, I was really disappointed that I found that she was an Everton fan. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Jodie so, Comer. So Jodie Comer and Sandra O, oh, who play Villanelle and um, Eve Palastri, respectively, yeah. in the series. It, it, 
um, Killian Eve tells a love story between them two mm. in a way that's never been committed to a film or, or, or TV um, that it, I've seen ever before. Is it a love story or, or is it an obsession? No. Yeah. I, I think uh, the... the, the lo- but then again, love and obsession can, can be the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I know people that have claimed to have loved someone and yeah. been obsessed with them. They're not, they're not mutually exclusive ideas. Yeah. I mean, um, the thing is, the thing, I mean, I've seen season one and what I'm, I saw that was interesting was um, the police officer or the detective gets to see the assassin in a way that no one else has seen the assassin. And it's almost like there's a kind of mutual respect for being almost acknowledged for how good each other is at their respective jobs Cross. and lifestyles. Yeah. Okay, so um, are we allowed to do spoilers? It is a review set, so we're doing spoilers. This is season one, so yeah, we're, doing spoilers. we're going to give people like a 30-second window to say there's going to be spoilers. So but if I just say spoilers, then they can... Yeah, but that doesn't give them enough time to get the most smartphone out of their pocket and press pause. Okay, so, so, so are we allowed to spoil this now? <laughs> now, now. Yeah. I would, I, for me, it doesn't matter. Hey, yeah. I've, I've seen bits and pieces. I haven't seen yeah. the whole season, but I, from what I've seen, I do have an appreciation of Killing Eve. Yeah. Um, especially with the diversity aspect, and also two very strong female leads as well. So you know, I have an appreciation from that respect, but I haven't seen the entire season. Do I would like to say there are strong female supporting cast members as well, because um. Fiona Shaw, who plays the, I mean, she's like a seasoned actress, but and she's I think she's the like Irish, the Irish, the Irish actor. She's Irish. Fiona Shaw. Is, is she the is she the head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's Irish. MI5. Yeah, head of the Russian yeah, section. So yeah. she, she plays uh, Caroline Martin, yeah. uh, head of uh, actually it's the MI five section, MI six section of Russia, of uh, sorry the Russian section of MI six, and um, I think she was like really cool in terms of. Not just her laissez-faire way of managing her team, but also how she casually dips in and out of her affairs, like her sexual affairs, and her international. Well, she 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 she's still living the swinging sixty swinging sixties lifestyle oh, in the modern in the modern age, okay. like just having many lovers. Yeah. Well, actually, is that, is that more um, Woodstock seventies lifestyle? Woodstock was the seventies. Yeah. yeah, so it's more like free love, baby, that type of stuff, yeah. which is not uncommon for a woman in a powerful, very uh, straight laced profession to be like that in her her, her personal life. Got to yeah. let it loose somehow, right? Yeah, exactly. You got to take the edge off somewhere, and she does it in the bedroom. Um, so, where was I? The the first. So th- th- this is where it sparkles right from the beginning. Yeah, Eve. Uh, Palastri was the only one to really uh, toy with the aspect of a female assassin existing because yeah. everyone else within her unit said it's a man, it's a man, it's a man. But they also thought that the uh, killings were all separate incidents. Somehow, yeah. So they? yeah, they're all. First of all, they're all separate incidents, mm-hmm. and even when, even though they are all separate incidents, they still thought they were all men committing those incidents it was only eve that put it together that one of the victims was so misogynistic that he would not see a woman as a threat that's mm. why eve was able to that's why no villanelle was able to get close enough to to kill him do you think that was a nod to our previous history of living through the era of james bond jason Bourne, and john wick and all of these kind of male 
uh, spy shows and stories and films. Well, definitely, it's probably what makes it refreshing, actually. Yeah, and I think definitely J- yeah. James Bond and Jason Bourne, but not so much John Wick because okay, I think that came, Wick, a, that came afterwards. But um, but what I'm saying is like that kind of analysis from the Eve Palastri character. Do you think that was like the fact that she was trying to promote a female assassin in the MI6? And the fact that MI6 is closely related to like James Bond. And I think there's an even another show called The Bodyguard, I think, maybe, which has got like Well, James Bond is MI5, because yeah. I think MI5 is international, whereas MI6 is internal. Yeah, internal yeah. deals with stuff. No, yeah. but what I'm trying to say is like it that opening was like paving the way of saying like the, telling the audience, get ready for what a female assassin is going to look like. Yeah, I was being pedantic with the MI5, MI6. Okay. But yeah, I get, get yeah. your point. Definitely. I think they were paving the way very quickly. So, um, Villanelle, very, very intelligent and smart assassin. She, by by the end of the series, I counted that she was able to speak at least seven languages. Wow. Um, and we see her... Did she in, actually use all of the languages in the show? Yeah, okay. I, I, think, I, I think I counted them. And first of all, J- Jodie Kummer, she, she put on the most authentic Russian... English-speaking Russian accent I've ever heard. In my, I thought she was Russian. Yeah, yeah. I'd, before you bef- thought she was a Russian actress. Yeah. playing English. I and the way she was able to use the different languages in there, what which sounded to me authentic. Yeah. Pronunciation was also a marvel to to watch. Because um, the Russian language is actually the reveal of who she is. That's us getting deeper into who she really is, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it it kind of um, as you'll see for. In the, especially in the last three episodes, you see what mm. kind of created her as a a a a viable hit person for the, the the Russian government. Do you think the language that the character of Villanelle in is kind of affects where she is at the moment? So, like, obviously, when she's speaking Russian, she's probably closer to let's say a childlike self and her history and memories. Whereas when she's speaking Italian and French she's kind of got this high-minded ideal of how to live, even though she's on a mission to kill people. Well, I think, and it was mentioned in the series that she always wanted to move to France because she liked the lifestyle, she liked the nice clothes, she liked the high class that, I guess, France, and in particular, Paris represented. Okay, which so she, she couldn't get from being staying in Russia, doing an average job. Well, well... From what I saw, she didn't even have a job in Russia. I think the first job she had was just in the the prison scrubbing floors because yeah. she went to prison at a very young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I I want to address Jodie Coma Coma being portrayed as a a, a sex symbol. Okay. Since um, taking on the role of uh, you mean her character or her as an actress? Her as an actress. Mm-hmm. Because um, we can, because let's just name drop some of her credits. She's on. T- she's been on TV before in Holby City as Ellie Jenkins, Silent Witness as Eve Gilston, Casualty as Maddie Eldon, Lawn Alder UK as Jess Hayes, and um, Doctor Foster as Kate Parks. Well, a lot of those things were quite single episodes, but I think she she was in um. What, just scroll up oh, George my, 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 my mad fat diary yeah she did 16 episodes yeah there. which I think she was a staple I haven't actually, yeah I don't but she would have been quite young then because she would have been playing a teenage character so 
What are you saying? I shouldn't have been watching it or something. What are you no, saying? no, I'm just saying. Would she been? She wouldn't have been hyped up as a sex symbol. No, I f- no. What I'm saying is, she's only been hyped up as a sex symbol since uh, playing Villanelle. Yeah, Villanelle. Yeah, because she does um, ooze sex appeal. What even more than when she played the white princess in Elizabeth York? I wonder York. if it's. Are Liz- you taking a piss? <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, sorry, Elizabeth York in the white princess. I, That's disgusting. I, I do wonder if it's less, you know, sexiness rather than feminism or being feminine because she is you know it's, it's like she does have a split personality when she is kind of like doing her assassinations versus who she is when she's not on on the job because she is quite very feminine she likes her pink things she likes shopping she does all of that mm. so i do wonder if there's an element of she is feminine she has a, a very unique, a unique fashion sense yeah especially yeah. in in Killing Eve and I, I've read an interview with Jodie Cummings she said she was taken aback by it all because she is very conscious about her her dress size yeah because I think she's a uh, I don't want to get this wrong now because I don't want to insult her I think she's a size 10 I think the hips might say it might be an 11 or 12 but even so she I feels a problem with that. No, I'm not saying you have a problem with it because you're not Jodie Comer. Yeah. But um, I'm saying that she sees herself as not the stereotypical, atypical person that you see on television. Like, I very her, skinny. I thought her issue was that she was more concerned about being seen as a fashion icon because of Killing Eve. And now that she's going to be out and about town in her normal clothes, that people will be seeing her as, oh, well, this is another fashion statement from Jodie Comer because she's been in Killing Eve and we now have to look at her, everything that she wears in more detail. Well, we, we might have read two different interviews, but I okay. know the one that I read, she was more concerned that she she's very conscious of her body because she doesn't see... Yeah. Her, but I, I don't see any problem with it. Like, if you click on that picture where she's in the green top with the hot pants on... This one scro- here? No, scroll down, scroll down. Sorry, there's a large selection of pictures of yeah, Jodie yeah, Comer, so... Right, right there, yeah. This one here? Yeah. yeah. Like I don't think that there's anything wrong with her in in that her picture. Figure, yeah, actually, that's that's my favorite episode, by the way. Yeah, because that's like the one. That, yeah, because this is an episode. I mean, if anyone hasn't seen it, you will see it soon. But there's an episode where she's wearing what she's seems in, to be a summer dress, and yeah. she ends up climbing a drainpipe. Yeah, yeah. That, and apparently, this she one. did that for real. Yeah, no, yeah. she was wearing these hot pants. She was in Italy, yeah. and she went and <laughs> killed some guy at his birthday party. Spoilers. But, um, yeah, spoilers but, um, over this. There's a lot of guys at the birthday party, so you won't know who it is. Yeah. But the, the thing is, I think um, there is a kind of fabulousness about what she's doing because it's not just the stylish way of what she's wearing, but the stylish way of how she kills people because some of the murders, as it were, they're very specific to about her access to that individual. Like she has to do it in a certain way mm-hmm. to get access to the individual to make it a one-on-one killing rather than a brutal mass murder. And I think, yeah, Villanelle gets a real kick out of doing the killing while looking the person in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. She gets a real kick out of that. And she even mentions, um, when she's talking about death, she was saying that she's seen people's souls just leave from their eyes, like just, just, just like that which was really interesting to hear. Because uh, we haven't had that kind of intimacy with a serial killer since probably like Hannibal Lecter, maybe. What do you think? Yeah, I can't. N- none other spring to mind. What about you, Jamie? Would you? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, 
got me there. I I haven't seen enough of these episodes to really contribute a huge amount. Um, but I, you know, as you say, you know, she enjoys it and, and she mm. gets a kick out of it. And I think, you know, there's there's a thrill in the chase, isn't there? And mm. you know, if she uses her feminine wiles to get her 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 mark, then you know, it's just fun for her, isn't it? Mm. And I think, um, and she gets paid for it. Yeah, she gets paid big bucks for exactly. it Exactly, well. and then she goes shopping. Yeah, yeah she goes shopping. <laughs> and she buys more. all these fabulous clothes. Um, so also in the, uh, the series, we see a, a lovely dynamic between Villanelle and her handler. Um, Kim, played by Kim Bedina. Yeah, well, what's his character? His character's name's Constantine, Constantine. Vasiliev. Yes, yeah. very um, father-daughter yeah. dynamic there, to the point where her only link to the outside world is uh, mm. Constantine yeah. and you, you see there's a <laughs> I thought it was sweet but <laughs> Constantine mm. obviously thought it was quite creepy yeah. when she would, she dresses up as him she even puts mm. on a beard mm. she said it's your birthday and he says yeah. it's not my birthday and then he <laughs> rips off her beard yeah. and then as he's about to leave she gives him a gift and he says what's this gift and he said she's Villanelle says it's for your daughter mm. and you could see in Constantine's face like how does she know I've got a daughter because they're not supposed to be that closely mm. connected yeah, but yeah. she saw that the wrist um, not I don't know represented his daughter which I is mean quite mm. the thing is the interesting thing about um, the relationship between Constantine and Villanelle is he is supposed to be her liaison and then for some parts of the, the series it feels like he's the shield for her because she doesn't realise the agency that she's working for as well. Wants her dead mm. because she is doing stuff too outlandish mm. and bringing attention to the agency because she yeah. wants to impress Eve uh, Palastri. Um, there's, there's a funny incident where she gets Eve to come over to uh, Amsterdam. No, no, it was Berlin. Come over to Berlin because she kills a Chinese diplomat in a very um, sadistic... How would you describe it? It was an S&M clinic, basically, where... I think you need to go into more detail. <laughs> I don't like how you looked me dead in the eye and breathed this, that this slowly your, into, the, this is your area, into the mic. This is your area of expertise. I think you need to go into <laughs> detail. Okay, so I, I as he unzips himself very slowly. That's disgusting. <laughs> but yeah, uh, where she ignores the Chinese diplomat's safe word and just shoves something in his, um, his groinal area yeah. and makes him leak out, um, obviously killing him. And that gets um, Eve to come over to Berlin. Um, there was something about that episode that reminded me of, um, do you remember the film Hostel by Eli Roth? Yeah. Where yeah. everyone has these like secret rooms where they can <laughs> play out their fantasies yeah. with their aprons and stuff like that. It felt a bit weird like that mm. for me, but I, I kind of enjoyed it in terms of, it that did figures. feel like it was going to be like an unpredictable assassin show rather mm. than this running through the numbers, the government's chasing me and now I've got to go into this room, change my identity and go out and kill somebody else, you know? I will say that the amount of ground that this series covered was just unprecedented. You mean geographically? Yeah. So we're going from Italy, London, uh, Germany, Russia. And I think that was even in the first. There is a bit. Of, did they visit France at any point? I think there was a French one. Was there a French one? Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. It's a French one as well. So you're spanning five, five countries, which kind of knitted together really well. You didn't feel like you were going too, 
too slow or too quickly during the series. Actually, it, during it, the, when the opening is actually in a completely different country just to show where she's having ice cream and she has the inc- the one the one-on-one incident with that young child and she pushes her face into the ice cream, isn't it? Well, she yeah, she knocks the ice cream into her lap um, because it, it, uh, <laughs> Villanelle didn't understand why the child wasn't smiling at her. And it's because that you're a sadistic sociopath. That's why. <laughs> so she she knocks the um, the ice cream into the child's um, lap. Can you sum up Killing Eve in ten words? Uh, no, but I can, <laughs> I can sum it up though. <laughs> you totally set me up there. You totally set me up there. I hate you. Ten words though. That's. I was told to say that. Did you say that? Okay, We're no. not putting words in your mouth. This no, is freedom no, stop of speech. Right stop, no, exactly. Stop being misogynist, you. Yeah. <laughs> up, uh, a Man. one female presenter to fail. Actually, what, from what you've seen of Killing Eve, how would you describe it? Like, what would be like your short description of Killing Eve, Jamie? On oh, me now? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to ask him. Well, we'll let him top it off, but what, what, what would you say from what you've seen? What does it look like to you? Oh, I I, th- I just think it looks really good, actually. Yeah. Um, I just love the fact that there's, you, 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 I've said it before, You've got two very strong female leads and it doesn't, you know, rely on a male to to save the world or anything. Um, and you've also got, you know, an element of diversity there. I'd like to see more diversity. Um, there's a lot of humour in it. Um, there's action. There's a bit of everything in it. And I, I think it's just a very well-rounded script overall, a very well-rounded score um, uh, show. I want to use my ten words, yeah. Film noir, empowered women cross-continental spy comedy thriller drama that made no sense whatsoever but i get i i understood those words individually but as a a 10 word sentence that that was a good description sledgehammer to my brain (laughs) um okay so i'm not going to do the 10 word thingamajig bog bog what i'm going to say is (laughs) what i am going to (laughs) say you definitely need to see Killing Eve because of the costumes, because of the soundtrack, because of the acting, because of the storyline, because of the uh, length of the show and the locations. And I had no issue um, in regards to there not being a romantic link between a man and a woman. I think the way they, they do this, what do you call it? Pseudo-lesbian type romance thing really like resonated with me because even though Eve Palastri is in a in marriage to a man but her marriage is breaking down so to so speak. what so she turns lesbian breaking down because of her her obsession with catching but I don't think and the job and the job I don't though. think it's just about obsession though because to me it feels like Villanelle is like a free spirit doing what she wants on her own terms and Eve Palastri is starting to realise she can do that for herself in her own career and with the way that she runs her life, because at the start of the fi- at the start of the series, she's not at, uh, in the greatest position, and by the end of the series, she's almost like in her dream job, using all of her skills and faculties. Mm. Well, by the end of the se- the series, she, she she may be in her dream job, but she she did lose two members of her team to to Villanelle, so mm. there were there were casualties to get to where she yeah. she got to. But um, with that being said. Series two, I expect more lovely soundtracks, more um, outrageous killings, more fashion tips, and more 
sexy time between, yeah. <laughs> sexy time between Villanelle and Epal Astri. Okay, cool. So we really look forward to that. So thanks for your review, Killing Eve, You're very season welcome. one. Um, so Killing Eve season one is available on BBC iPlayer right now. And also BBC America for any of our international listeners. But yeah, BBC online, check it out. Um, so thank you very much uh, for taking part and leading us through the dark woods of uh, female assassination, Malachi. Uh, okay, bye. And uh, thank you for taking part and co-presenting with us again today, Jamie. Cheers, thanks. And big thanks and shout out to Giovanni for helping us out with the sound recording once again. Bye-bye. Um, I've been your co-host this time because MKH was out. Um, Trevor and obviously if you want to listen to any more of Geek Sweat we're available on a few different platforms online just search for us by going G-E-E-K-S-W-E-A-T in the search engine or you can go specifically to at Player FM where you can find at least 60 episodes of Geek Sweat ready for your ears now uh, thank you for listening to Review Sweat and we're over and out